everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The 4-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. 31 Days in God's Word, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. And guess what? Right now, you can get a free digital copy of Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, and all you have to do is subscribe to my email list. I've got a new book coming out soon. I don't think you're going to want to miss it. It is called Raising Boys to Men, a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. And the best way to stay connected with when that book is coming out um, and have access to all the giveaways and different things that we're going to be doing is to subscribe to my email list. And if you do that, like I said, you're going to receive a free digital copy of Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. I will leave that link in the show notes. This is a great devotional, um, specifically for the new year. You know, a lot of times with Christmas, our, our Bible reading gets thrown off. And so this is an opportunity to spend the month of January getting back into God's Word. So I hope that you will subscribe. I would love to have you there. I will not overload your email box. Don't worry. So hope Hopefully we can connect there and you can snag yourself a free digital copy of Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. You know, every parent's mission is to equip their child with the best resources, right? And when it comes to math, CTC is the beacon that lights up this path. Its dynamic approach makes it an invaluable tool for both homeschooling families and those seeking supplementary guidance. With lessons that capture attention and ignite curiosity, it has transformed many a reluctant learner into a math enthusiast. Grace, a dedicated mother, shared this. Witnessing my daughter's newfound enthusiasm and confidence in math has been nothing short of a revelation. Step into this world of enriched learning at ctcmath.com. All right, so this this episode is actually going to be my last Christmas episode. I'm really excited about the upcoming episodes as we sort of go into the new year. The Lord has sort of clarified direction for the podcast. I think you're going to absolutely love it. But like I said, this is going to be my last Christmas episode. And in this episode, I really wanted to talk about why God with us matters so much. So it can be easy to forget how powerful and effective God's presence is. And now more than ever, we need to be reminded of that. We need wisdom as believers and as parents for many things, all kinds of things, including the decisions that need to be made. And, you know, one decision that many of us are going to eventually face is whether or not our child is going to go to college. And if they go, where are they going to go? The other question to be asked is, is traditional college actually worth the cost, not just financially, but spiritually? This is the question many parents are forced to face as their student prepares to leave the home. But you know what, guys? I've got great news. My friends at Excel College are changing the game in higher education by allowing students to graduate debt-free while learning to thrive in the context of a Christian community. They integrate a world-class, biblically-based, liberal arts-style curriculum with hands-on skills training 
so that students learn how to become wise, mature, productive adults who follow Jesus and live purposeful, fulfilling lives. You don't have to worry about your child going to college. You can rest knowing that Exile College will continue the job that you started. If you want your student to learn how to build a life, not just make a living, send them to Exile College. They have just a few spots left for their January cohort. Learn more at theexcelcollege.com. I will leave a link in the show notes for Excel College as well as CTC Math and as well as the, uh, the link to get your free digital copy of Unhurried Grace. All right, so let's dive in here. I want to start with the passage that is quoted from Isaiah 714 and then repeated in Matthew 123. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. Now, why is this significant? Well, again, it was prophesied in the Old Testament that this Messiah would actually come. And what was unfolding was actually, um, again, predicted way, way, way back in time before um, any of this came to be. It was it was literally thousands of years that this prophecy was made. And so Matthew 123 reminds us that what uh, what is in fact happening is the fulfillment of the long-awaited Messiah. It is confirmation that this was actually the Messiah who was coming. People had been looking for this and waiting for this for centuries, and it was finally happening. So having the presence of God, like having God with us, was such a phenomenal thought. And I can't wait to dive into this just a little bit more. But let's talk just quickly about the Old Testament and how the presence of God or the Holy Spirit would periodically fill God's people in order to fulfill a certain task. And often that filling was temporary. There were only a few people who had this ongoing filling of the Spirit. This was something that was just, like I said, it happened um, in order for someone to fulfill a, a certain task. I'll give you some examples. Samson in Judges 14, it says, Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah, and behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat." And then in Judges 6, um, the story of Gideon, it said, but the spirit of the Lord called Gideon. So Gideon was um, basically about to be attacked, right? And the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and he sounded the trumpet and the Abiz rites were called out to follow him. So what was happening here as he was getting ready to fight this battle against the enemies of God and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And again, Gideon is uh, noted in Judges 15, where he came to Lehi, the Philistines, um, when he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax 
that has caught fire and his bonds melted off his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey and put his hand in it and took it. And he's with it, he struck down, meaning he killed 1,000 men. This is something that is humanly impossible. By the way, these are pretty awesome stories to be reading specifically to our boys, reading about these conquerors, these protectors, these these men who were, were leaders and were real men. Um, Boy, these stories are awesome. The story of Joshua, the story of Moses. There's so many great stories in scripture to read to our boys that give this example of true manliness and leadership. So I encourage you to go to the scriptures and to read these stories to your kids and specifically to your boys. They love the battle and the wars and the, you know, these are all, this is all part of how they're wired. This is what I'm going to be talking about in my new book is just how specifically created our boys are to build, to lead, to conquer, to protect, and to provide. And I share stories and all kinds of um, encouragement for moms of boys. But again, these stories are just fantastic to be telling to or reading to our sons. The next example is Balaam. In Numbers 24, it says, And Balaam lifted up his eyes and saw Israel camping tribe by tribe. And then the Spirit of God came upon him. Uh, Saul in 1 Samuel eleven six 6, it says, And the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul when he heard these words, and his anger was greatly kindled. Now, this was a righteous anger. This was an appropriate emotion for that particular situation. So this wasn't a negative thing. Um, but again, the Spirit of God rushed upon Saul. Now, we know that Saul's life did not end well, so we know that that did not continue. But for that moment, that is what was happening. So again, most of the time, these fillings were temporary in the Old Testament, and then there was that occasional more long-term filling. But my point is that when Jesus came, he was the very presence of God with us. I mean, think about this. What a miracle. This thought that the that God himself would dwell among us sinful people. It's it's staggering to me. I mean, think about what it was like to be with God. Think of Jesus' position in terms of he was with God the Father in heaven, in glory, in this beautiful place. And then he comes down to earth, not as a powerful king or someone wielding all this, you know, power and, and, and you know, what, would you, what you would imagine a king to be like. And this is why I think that um, the Israelites missed it because that's what they were expecting. And instead, Jesus came as a vulnerable baby boy in the midst of the most humble circumstances to parents who were nothing special in the eyes of God or in the eyes of the world, okay? They were, this is, this is just like God. He takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And so in the last episode, we spent some time pondering Mary's presence in the life of Jesus throughout Scripture, and her response to all of this is known as the Magnificat. And I want to read it again because it's just so beautiful. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. 
For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So Mary is declaring something that was not the accepted norm. So in this song, this is what she's declaring, um, something that is like revolutionary because, you know, they lived in a caste system. Um, The system that was in existence in Israel was you had these powerful rulers who lorded their power. Herod was currently at the moment when Jesus came, Herod was in charge and he was a a very... um, he was an evil king. And if, whatever um, caste you were in, what if you were in this lowly estate, that's where you were stuck. Like basically there was no way to get a leg up. And so people felt very stuck where they were, which was great for the rich and the powerful, but not great for anybody underneath them. So in this song, Mary is declaring um, something rather revolutionary in addressing concern for the poor and the despised of the world and rejecting the rich and the proud. So this song, uh, the song's focus is on the God who is about to intervene in power without regard for sinful humanity's social order. The fact that God has chosen her in insignificant Nazareth of Galilee to bear and raise God's son shows that the world system exemplified in Herod's ruthless rule is giving way to God's endless kingdom. So Barry rejects the accepted ideas of privilege for the rich as she speaks of what God will do for the poor. So the thing that I find just so amazing about all this is that God didn't send a tool. He didn't send a set of rules. He didn't send a thing to help us who desperately needed help. He sent a person and he didn't send just any person. He came himself and he did this not temporarily. This wasn't just, this didn't just happen while Jesus was walking the earth. This was permanent because once Jesus ascended into heaven after his death and resurrection, he sent the Holy Spirit permanently to dwell with us. So this means that as believers, whatever we face, we never face it alone. We have the person of the Holy Spirit with us because we receive the Holy Spirit when we receive our salvation. Here are a couple verses uh, to confirm that. Acts 2.38 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then in Ephesians 1.13, it says, In him you also, 
when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So at the point that we become believers, we are baptized into the body of Christ. We are a new creation with access to all the help we need to walk in obedience to God. So this this point at which we get saved, we also receive the Holy Spirit. And so this is a positional baptism. This is a positional thing. So now we belong to God, we belong to the body of Christ, and we have the Holy Spirit always there, available as our comfort, our counselor, and our guide. Um, I just want to share with you just a personal story. Um, I've been reading through a book called Knowing the Spirit by Costi Hinn, and it has been such a beautiful, beautiful well-grounded in in terms of being grounded in the Word of God, reminder of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and and the power that um, we have access to um, because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the power to resist temptation. We have the power to produce godly fruit in our lives because we have the Holy Spirit to walk with us. So he likened um, being filled with the Spirit like, when you're out on a walk and you're just taking step by step by step, he say he he basically was um, giving that as a as a picture of being filled with the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit as we walk with the Lord, as we ask Him the Holy Spirit for help, as we um, you know each morning say, "Lord, I need Your help." Holy Spirit, will You help me today to walk in obedience to God? It's as simple as that. And so it's just been such a beautiful reminder of his presence in my own life. And moms, I can tell you, I'm 56 years old and there are so many times throughout my life that that just stand out to me that I know the Holy Spirit was right there with me. He never left me. He never forsook me. And he, he does the same for you. It's just whether or not we are talking to him, engaging him, asking him for help and praying for his filling, you know? And I have seen him be so incredibly faithful over all of these years, faithful to me when I wasn't always faithful to him. And so, you know, it made me just so thankful for his presence because, you know, throughout our lives, there are places, there are times that no one else can bring us comfort. No one else can tell us what we need to do. I mean, not even our husbands sometimes, especially when we're talking about those really personal places with God where we've got hurt and bitterness and different things and our husbands can help us through that. But at the end of the day, they are human and we need the Holy Spirit to help us through all of those times and places. And the thing is, moms, he's there. He is actually there. We are never in any place where he cannot be there. He is with us. And so this to me is just such an incredible, incredible comfort and such a wonderful thing to know that we have such a loyal friend and we have him available as our comfort, our counselor, and our guide. And so I'm going to read a few scriptures to confirm that. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So this is Jesus talking. He's like, look, I'm going to go. I need to go. I need to go because when I go, the Holy Spirit will come. Okay. And 
Then in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells within you? Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Isn't that beautiful? Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So God with us matters. The fact that we have the Holy Spirit right here all the time is something we should not just rejoice in, but engage with. It's the Holy Spirit that illuminates the word of God to us and gives us understanding of the truths of scripture. It's the Holy Spirit that comforts us in our afflictions and trials. It's the Holy Spirit who guides us and gives us wisdom and helps us not to give in to sin. He is a loyal friend that never betrays us. He's the only one who can actually be present in the many places where no one else can be with us. So moms, today I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with whatever you are facing today. Ask him to fill you and strengthen you for the work he has for you and to help you resist sin. He is present and he is available. Let's pray. Lord, what can we say but thank you? Thank you for not just giving us a thing or a set of rules, Lord, but for giving us yourself, your very presence. Father, I pray that each and every mom here would have an understanding of what has been said today and that you would show her how to walk by the Spirit. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just bring comfort and guidance and wisdom as you are so faithful in doing. Lord, I pray for your peace and your presence over every mom listening, over every marriage represented here, and over every family represented here. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.